Greetings, adventures, and welcome to GNGGCast. Welcome, everyone, to Good Night and Good Game, your geek news roundup for the week that was. I'm your host, James, and with me this week is our producer, Tony. Hey. And our co-host, Hector. Hello. This week, we're talking about the gaming trade show Gamescom that is actually going on right now. We have a ton of upcoming releases to talk about. Before we start, don't forget that you can head over to goodnight.gg, where as a patron of our show, you can suggest topics for us to talk about. I'm hoping to wrap up the script for the PT episode this weekend. So, with all that out of the way, ladies and gentlemen, everyone, it is time for The Prelude. Prelude. All right, this is The Prelude. This is what we've been doing with ourselves this week, what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what's been occupying our free time. Uh, Hector, why don't we start with you? Sure. Uh, let's see. I, the uh, DLC for Ghosts of Tsushima came out, mm-hmm. and that's what I've been doing ever since, literally <laughs> until right before I came here. The last thing yeah. I did before I came here this afternoon was put that controller down, <laughs> and nice. uh, it's been awesome. I've been neglecting a few other things. Obviously, I still need to play 12 minutes, mm-hmm. and Psychonauts 2 just came out, yep. so... I'm really looking forward to those. You're, you get the slowly like, creeping back catalog going mm-hmm. on. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm that. very excited for it. Um, we all watched a movie together. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I, that's pretty much all I did this week. Was okay. Just, yeah. Tony, what'd you do this week? Um, I will start with the Witcher animated movie mm-hmm. that came out. Um, oh, if you like The Witcher, you're going to like this animated mm. show. It's, it's a movie, and um, it is... Great, I I I can't suggest it. I, I don't want to spoil anything anything right, for right. you. Like, don't read the blurb. I'll just give oh, you. Yeah. It's kind of an origin of Witcher's story. Cool, okay. love it. Cool. There you go. Yep. Um, if you've read the books, you already know some of what's going to happen. Yep. But it's very well done, and I'm uh, for an animated series. As Netflix knocks it out of the park again. Mm-hmm. The I'm glad they didn't try to film this because hiring the actors and building the sets and everything it would have kind of. They'd be like, why would we do all of that work just to only do it for this one movie when we're doing part of the Witcher stuff? I think it worked very well as an animated series to tell this part of the story mm-hmm. and show that maybe they can branch out and maybe do more animated Witcher stuff. I feel yeah, like this is I the mean, beginning of so. something. Yeah, yeah, I mean, this was kind of a concession because they couldn't start filming the next season of The Witcher when they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to get more Witcher content in, uh, well, you know, before... They, they, it could take them forever. It's to not a bad thing. thing. I, I don't. Yeah. I, I like I the idea of having you know a primary <clears throat> a live action show and then doing kind of animated one offs for like background lore and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty big fan of that. Um, uh, let's see here. Over on my side of the world, before we jump into the movie that we all watched together, um, I played a little bit of Crusader Kings three. Uh, because some of the expansion stuff was being shown off at Gamescom, and I was like, oh, I've been meaning to play that. And it's on Game Pass. So I checked out Crusader Kings 3. Uh, as somebody who does play, I don't know if this is the right word, but very mechanically complicated games like Civilization, mm-hmm. I found myself going into Crusader Kings 3 going, holy fucking shit, is this hard. Oh, yeah. Like, the tutorial, yes, it only takes you 20 minutes. You're going to play through, like, three or four games before you have a grasp of how things go that's fair because it's a game that you can't lose easily um it's kind of built in that way because i mean the idea of crusader kings is it's a you know this game where you take on the role of a ruler um somewhere in europe Mm -hmm. and you're trying to you know get land but to get land you can't just go to war you can't just go to war for no fucking reason right you've got to like talk to the pope and get like uh convince the you have to like bribe the pope to like say like that land's actually supposed to be yours so that like other countries won't look at you poorly (laughs) that's funny and when your ruler dies because they will die um, there's a line of succession that you have to follow 
follow. And depending on where you, uh, who you pick as a ruler is how that line of succession is determined. So in Ireland, it's done by like your son. Mm-hmm. Um, in, uh, you know, Russia, it's done a different way. And you can opt to um, teach your people a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. You can be like, uh, rule of secession is just whoever's the strongest politically or, you know, it's always uh, the, my daughters or mm-hmm. something like that. It's something you can actually change within the game. It's, it's a very fluid game in that way. Neat. The mechanics are just very deep and involved and it's a game that you have to like, I mean, I, I it ate an entire day. Yeah. Like, it, like Civ does, where like I'll start a game of Civ and then like eight hours, I'm like, where the fuck did the day go? Like, <laughs> so, like Crusader Kings was that for me. Like I'm, I'm once I once it clicked, once the click moment happened, I was just like, oh crap, it's eight o'clock. I need to cook dinner. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Also, I picked it up because I heard there's a Vampire the Masquerade mod for it that's really good. I just Ooh. haven't had a chance to play it yet because I've been trying to get the base mechanics learned. Nice. Uh, but it's on Game Pass. Uh, I picked up Catherine Full Body for the Switch. Um, I had been meaning to go back and play Catherine since I, I played the original version of Catherine mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> years and years and years ago. But when I played the original version of Catherine, there's a lot of uh, parts of the game where you're asked questions, like moral questions. And so I played it with a bunch of friends and we kind of voted on moral questions by committee. Um, I've always wanted to go through and just do my own playthrough of it, um, answering the way that I would answer. Um, so now I've picked up full body. I'm playing it on the Switch. It is a deeply, it's a, so it's, if you're unfamiliar with Catherine, it is a puzzle game that it really, the puzzle element of it is like it's super important but also like a, the primary focus of Catherine is telling a very rich involved story and a very real in air quote story about somebody that is in their early 30s trying to figure out what direction their life is going in mm-hmm. um, and so it's the the decisions that are made in that game are meant to really reflect like you know, everybody doesn't have their shit together at 30. Yeah, no and this, shit. And this particular character just doesn't. He does, and he's trying to figure that out. And it's it's kind of a struggle. And it it's, can be diff- a difficult watch at some points because you're like, fuck, I understand how that dude feels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they do go into those kind of complicated questions like, you know, do I want to get married? Do I want to have kids? And it all comes to a, a head using game mechanics, which is so brilliant. And it's so brilliantly, uh, it looks so, it's so beautiful because it's the original 1.0 of the Persona 5 engine. Yeah. Um, it's what they used to say, like, hey, can we make Persona 5 using this engine? And it's just absolutely gorgeous. Uh, also, Catherine Fullbody puts uh, several of the Persona 5 songs on the jukebox. And so... Love it. Now all the patrons at the bar for, will eternally be listening to Persona 5 music. Yeah, that's <laughs> what they get for putting it in the jukebox. <laughs> yep. That's it's true in any bar on earth. <laughs> uh, all right. So the one thing that we all did together, we, uh, of course, got together as we do on Fridays, and we watched a movie. So who would like to lead us in in this discussion? Well, we watched What If as well. Oh, we did watch What If. It was absolutely fantastic, and I wanted to cry. Super, super wonderful. Um, The the last... the, the the last recording of Chad, Chadwick Boseman yeah. playing the most of awesome version of T'Challa ever. Yeah. It's yeah. like T'Challa, Star Lord, intergalactic therapist. Yeah, <laughs> it basically made all Marvel's like problems irrelevant by just giving everybody therapy in yeah. space. Yeah, that's what it was. It was like T'Challa yeah. showed up and gave everybody therapy, and now everybody's fine. Yeah. Good job. It, it was, it, it, and it was just so much fun to and watch. I feel like that's what Chadwick Boseman would be like. Just yeah. to be around him, we'd just be like, oh yeah, I'm just, yeah, so yeah. I'm a no, better. No, I, just, I, I feel better about myself. I didn't <laughs> murder half the known universe. I uh, feeling good about me these yeah. days. Yeah, <laughs> it was so good. Much prefer Chadwick Star Lord. Yeah. yeah, T'Challa Star Lord is way better than Quill. Oh Star-Lord. yeah, uh, but we did watch a movie. <laughs> we did watch a movie. We we uh, tuned into HBO Max. We watched a. Uh, Oh, Hugh Jackman movie. Hugh Jackman, yeah. Uh, uh, Neo-noir cyberpunk. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. What is it called? Reminiscence. Reminiscence. That's it. Reminiscence. Yeah. It's from the one of the co-creators of Westworld, Westworld mm-hmm. um, which is uh, the first two seasons. I think are brilliant. The, Westworld. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonderful show, and this continues down. You can tell their fascination with the dystopian uh, noir mm-hmm. idea and how. The future can look like the past in that bleak past 1950s way, but still have that uh, it, everything's doomed. Mm-hmm. The location being Miami for this story. Um, Miami's the water has finally risen, yes. and now Miami's buildings are yes, all qu- quite a bit of it is underwater. There are a few refuge places. Basically, the rich people built walls around their neighborhoods that are retaining yeah. seawalls, and everything else gets to be underwater. Yep. And uh, yeah, go fuck yourself. Literally, everyone else. Well, yep. since the water rose, um, everybody needed something to fill their time, and the people just went backwards and looked at the past, like yeah. we all do mm-hmm. um, even the movie itself is about it, the whole thing is about looking at the past yep basically um, the, the, the story revolves around a murder mystery centered around a character our protagonist meets and uh, the, the the main crux it's, of it's the, literally the girl in the red dress red, yep. it's the girl literally. in the red hair oh yeah. god it's so good um, but they um, the, the, the main uh, crux of the story is they have a technology that allows you to look back at your own memories very, very vividly. And other people can see them as well. Um, so it becomes a whole thing, almost like an interrogation technique, but what it, which is how it starts is like a military technology, but what it's turned into is a recreational technology where people can go back and remember the people that they've lost and remember details about their favorite days of their favorite mm-hmm. people. Sometimes it's their wives, sometimes it's their uh, husbands or children, sometimes it's their dog. I think, yeah, that's the, one of the things that I loved that the movie plays with your expectations. Mm-hmm. The first person you meet comes in, um, he had lost his legs, mm-hmm. he gets in, in the tank and he goes yeah I just want to see Alexa or whatever her name mm-hmm. is again and you instantly go oh he wants to see like his wife or something yeah. like that and then it loads into his memory and it's like him and his dog yeah and, and his like, dog and he's like, got his legs yeah and at that moment I went okay okay mm-hmm. writers I get oh, you yeah you're you're willing to play with everybody's expectations yeah and that's what it does the whole movie it is a mm-hmm. very traditional noir detective story that plays with the tropes in a very interesting way. Yeah, but do recommend. Was fun. Yeah, so I I would absolutely say check it out. Um, Hugh Jackman is great. It's no. in theaters and on HBO Max. Yep. yep. So yeah, there's mm-hmm. two different ways to watch it. Yep. It's free on HBO Max. It's not like a paid thing. Oh, HBO Max doesn't do that. No, it's just Disney. It's yeah, just you Disney. you pay for HBO oh, Max. and Amazon. Yeah. 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 But yeah, go check it out. Uh, so that's everything that we have for the prelude this week. We're gonna take a small break. When we come back, we'll be going into our main segment for this episode, Gamescom. Gamescom 2021. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. This is a roundup of Gamescom news that came out this week. Uh, it's going to be a super chill format. I mean, heck, uh, Gamescom is still going on right now. Yep. Uh, but we're going to try and hit the big stuff. So we can't we can't hit everything because, like, again, way too much stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's kick things off in kind of rare fashion. We're going to let Tony talk about Destiny for a minute since Gamescom's pre-show had two parts, Destiny and Microsoft. So Tony, what was new in the world of Destiny? Well, we've gotten some uh, announcements for what the future is happening. The um, next expansion for Destiny will be coming out February 22nd, okay. 2022. Mm-hmm. It's a whole lot of twos. I love it. Um, it's going to be called The Witch Queen. Um, it is the actual expansion. So the way Destiny is going to be handling their storytelling from now on, and the way we've been handling it for a little while, is expansion comes out. Mm-hmm. And then you have a year of content that leads up to the next 
uh, the fallout from that in the next year yeah, of content. Really? And yeah, it's yeah. this seasonal thing yeah. that they do. Um, this yeah. season's going to be in, 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 unfortunately going to be a little bit long, but it's going to have this uh, little downtime where Bungie is going to do their 30th anniversary celebration inside the world of Destiny 2. It does require cool. buying into mm-hmm. this. They're doing some free content, but also there's a new dungeon that you can buy into, sure. okay. which is the loot cave. So they built a whole new dungeon. It's probably not going to be... I don't know the price, but mm. can't be that much. But I'm ridiculously excited about that just as a fun fan of the game um, and celebrating I, I 30 years of Bungie's history. the way that you're describing the expansions because that's actually the way that Final Fantasy XIV does theirs. They've always done it that mm-hmm. way. So an expansion comes out, you get all the content for the for that, and then basically every patch update is a story update that leads you up to the next yeah. expansion. Yeah, and uh, but with Bungie doing this seasonally, those seasonal updates are massive story updates coming with every season... Is this so far there has been an a, an exotic for every class, mm. every season coming out. Um, we know that once uh, the Witch Queen comes out, every three months there will be a remastered or new raid or dungeon coming to Destiny Two every three months. Nice. So basically, every new season will be a remastered or new high end content. Um, cool. Speaking of high end content, they remastered uh, Trials of Osiris. And it's actually live now in season fifteen. So this cool. is if you want to experience the new the new uh, Charles Cyrus, It starts September tenth. Okay. Um, ah. It's actually going to have single player mode. It is a lot, is now about winning matches and uh, over just going seven flawless rounds. Yes, running seven flawless rounds is still there, but they have put in new anti cheat methods uh, with cool. Battle Eye. They have a new um, it's it, which is live right now. If you play any PvP or even PvE, any battle anything that Battle Eye can connect that is cheating mm-hmm. is going to be stopped and there is so even account sharing is basically going away. Oh, okay. Um so they are they're, they're getting down. they're cracking the hell down yeah. to the point because they want Destiny's competitive to be open to everybody, but to also be high in competitive play. Okay, makes sense. And makes sense. They are working with that. Nice. The story of Witch Queen uh, gives us Hive with light powers. So all the the, the power, some of the powers of the Guardians, you know, like mm-hmm. shields, the powers the light gives you. Those cool space magic shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the evil guys got those now. I'm just kind of trying yeah. to shorten the carry. They're not actually evil, but the, she controls and whatever plot line. Mm-hmm. Um. Which, Sabathun's already in the game as of right now. That The story leading up to Witch Queen mm-hmm. has been going on this whole time and is now actually already active. Like, it started with a cool-ass FMV leading everybody into what's going on right now, and uh, they are killing it. Good storytelling. Uh, yeah. Some great Very storytelling. Very for an MMO. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> consistent storytelling on a, like a monthly, ba- a weekly basis in some cases. Uh, they dropped crossplay. Or crossplay yep. is now active, Crossplay right? is yeah. now just active. You... Um, you have a Bungie account. Mm-hmm. You and so you if can, I line up for my fire team, I can just get like an Xbox guy and a yep. PlayStation if you, guy. Uh, if yeah. I'm playing on Steam, yeah. If you are playing on Steam, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Stadia included. This is everything. In fact, oh, I man. run into quite a if few. If I ever got a a like, I run. Like, you run into a lot of Stadia players actually. Um, are, do they speak English? You don't speak to them. It's just you can see their icon on their name. It has either a Steam icon, an Xbox icon, PlayStation icon, or a... a oh, but isn't there always in-game voice? Nope. No? No. How was I always... Having- you, were, you were thinking uh, something else. I get, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, I, my console was doing it or something. <laughs> yeah, then- you're part of a group chat or something okay. that was in that. Uh, that but the game sense. itself doesn't... The game it, never had voice. Yeah, it? it doesn't do okay. uh, auto-on by default voice. Uh, you can set it up to do that kind of stuff, though. Mm-hmm. 
Um, let's see. Season, that's the season of loss that's going on right now. The 30th anniversary is going to be on December 7th, mm-hmm. which is <clears throat> odd because you think it'd be se- whatever, 7 7, but mm-hmm. that's yeah. Mm-hmm. But December 7th makes complete sense for where they need a new season. It's going to fill the gap. Um, there's going to be a, even a marathon armor set for, you know, celebrate marathon, right. that game right. that. None of you, and you, none of us have even played. Maybe I played, played, played it like it. once. I played, I, I played a lot. It was a of very marathon. long time. It's very hard. Uh, a claim were inspired from the game myth, but um, that's for the 30th anniversary stuff. Really looking forward to that. Um, the new security is so far from in my plan doing its job, but we'll find out whenever that comes into the high end gameplay later on. Right now, this is again the first few days. Mm-hmm. It's learning, and eventually, it, it stated in the update, it will start issuing auto bans on its own. Okay, like they're like. Li- the company battle eye they're working with them i guess to kind of treat make an ai that understands what cheating is and right. how to detect it better than we can or faster than we can yeah um crazy the witch queen expansion that's all that said that's an entire year of worth of content uh, lined up for that and they gave us the next two titles including the final title for the destiny universe which is the final shape Okay. So it will be Witch Queen is the next expansion, um, followed by uh, shit I can't remember anymore. <laughs> Something light, light, uh, Lightfall, I believe it is, oh, okay. and then it's the final shape, which um, we can already tell what the final shape is already written in the lore. What the that is a thing. So just even the name of it alone, we're like, cool, yeah, I get, I get where we're going. The okay. that makes sense. Yep. Right. I'm loving this tale of light and dark, um, and right now is a great jumping on point because they've got. Really good story leading up to this winter. Uh, Bungie's 30th anniversary, so if you like Halo or anything else they've made, they're having a fun event there. Um, Crossplay is live, so play with anybody you want, including... Uh, so every PvE activity can be mm-hmm. done with that way, but nice. PvP, you have to option in. Ah, so smart. PC has to invite people from the outside world to come play Got with it. them. Makes sense. But you also get you can tell which players are on... It's, it's so fun watching people on controllers beat the shit out of keyboard and mouse players. Because <laughs> you're like, yeah, oh, I love it. Um, either way, there's a lot of good content coming up for the future for the next few years. Yeah. Um, and they are... Bungie's great about giving us updates. They okay. have consistently giving us story updates more than... I think Final Fantasy is the only people that are doing, doing this. It. All right, <laughs> this so, way. so let's go ahead and move on to Microsoft's pre-Gamescom show. <clears throat> All right, so Microsoft is a bit complicated. So they kicked mm. off their show uh, showing off some more of Dying Light 2. They showed some updates to Microsoft Fight Simulator. Uh, but the game that really had people talking uh, was a game called Into the Pit. It's a retro FPS with roguelike mechanics. It is a. It looks like a super colorful version of the game Hexen, which is a reference that I'm pretty sure just completely dated me by saying it. Oh yeah, I mean that's like, that's like just post Doom. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're just like this magician, and you have like you know each hand wields a different type of magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a roguelike. I mean, I know you and I were watching this presentation. Oh yeah. We were watching this. We're like, holy crap, was this good? Yeah, it looked amazing. It looked like. Uh... I don't know. Like I'm, I'm really into boomer shooters lately. That mm-hmm. shooters for people who are our age, right? You know that take a lot of their sensibilities from things like original Doom and Hexen, th- games like Dusk and Ultra Kill and uh, mm-hmm. a Medieval, which is another Hexen clone, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this looks great. I, I, I need more of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, Heretic as well. Yeah, can't, can't um, forget Heretic. 
So next up, they had Age of Empires show off their new hands-on history section of Age of Empires 4. Now, this is cool. They actually went out, their teams went out and filmed just hours upon hours of content that will appear in Age of Empires should you want to view it. So mm -hmm. the example they used was the trebuchet. And if you are playing using trebuchets in Age of Empires and you want to learn more about it, you can open the unit and they will show a video. And they actually went somewhere and like, launched and actually Wait. used the trebuchet and was like we will tell you historically how this works show you how it functions okay so i remember watching that that was in the game that's in the game and it's for like a lot of other stuff because i thought they were just doing a gag like no. we can't really show you much of this game because we'd just be playing no. the game so here's a cute little thing about the trebuchet this is all in there this is all it, so assassin's creed had that little uh, i think it was odyssey where you could just wander around yeah and yeah just the student mode, yeah the student mode mm -hmm. that's kind of what this is you're playing edge of empires you want to know more and instead of just bringing a little fact thing up they're just like yeah here's a video we took of us actually on horseback firing arrows and this is how it's done and We're why it was science done. This. i love this how yeah. do i get this job right? a video game company is like i need you to go make a five minute documentary about trebuchets I will be back in three months. <laughs> right. Yeah, there you I'm go. I'm spend those first two weeks. I what we already England. do, which is spend a way too much time learning about I, I am never against <laughs> education in my entertainment, and I'm super excited about this. Age of Empires 4, I've never played an Age of Empires game before. It's already shaping up to look, be look really cool and just this added element to it. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to play this, especially because it's going to be like Game Pass Day I've 1. I've played 1 and 2. I mean, I haven't played an RTS game for more than like an hour uh, in maybe like a decade and a half or right. just really not my thing. But I could see getting into this. I'll play like a few rounds of it, especially if it's on Game Pass. Yep. Uh, after that, we saw the new Sea of Thieves, some Wasteland content. Um, there was a lot of stuff in the Microsoft show that we've already seen before, like yeah. uh, Psychonauts 2, which dropped this week. Mm -hmm. uh, it's on Game Pass. Uh, they finally, they wrapped their show as always with a bunch of uh, Forza stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of where Lots they were. racing games at that Microsoft conference. Yeah. So before we go any Seems further. Seems popular in Europe, racing. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. The whole, everyone there likes that. That's not like, you know. Yeah. Sure. Everyone likes that. So before we go any further into Gamescom proper, weird. I want to talk about these pre-shows for a minute. Yeah. So Destiny was great, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the three of us were kind of sitting there scratching our heads on the Microsoft show. Yeah. The Microsoft show felt like. I wasn't sure why they were there. And the big reason is, is we got to the end of the show. They didn't show any Halo. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't show any new stuff that's coming to the Xbox, which we really need more Xbox games. E3, but maybe just expand on that more. Right. So it's <laughs> stuff for people to get excited for. There was nothing from Bethesda, nothing from any of the studios they bought mm. where they're like, look at this shiny new thing we have coming down the line, which we got one or two of at E3. It was just kind of like, look at all these indies and here's a couple of other things. Bye. Yeah. And then we got to opening night, which I don't know if you're setting us up for that. Right. So we next might as up, well because Microsoft's was so non-existent. Yeah, Microsoft's was, was was exactly non so non-existent. Why did they can, even put it on? We it can seemed stop like it didn't it. need. It seemed like it really was a waste of time and space just to. It, these could have been. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you walked out of the thing. Could have been any I literally yeah. after about. 20 minutes in, I was like, this is nothing of interest to me whatsoever. Because they showed you what was coming up. And I was like, I don't give a fuck about any of this. Yeah. And just went to play Destiny because Psychonauts wasn't out yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> but like you said, this is this is leading up to something which is Gamescom opening night. Yeah. Arguably the most important part of Gamescom, hosted by Jeff Keighley. 
and holy shit, it did not disappoint. Yeah, he was dropping all kinds of trailers. Wow. So, we opened Gamescom with the reboot of Saints Row. Yeah, like, holy shit. And you know what? I really hope this is good. The, mm. the last Saints Row game and then the game they made after that that was, like, kind of a spinoff were a bit much and right. not very good. They, but they were very... It was the, they went two off the rails. Yeah, like, yeah. one and two were fun. Three was cool, too, but three was a little bit up its own ass. Three was yeah. like, dildo bats are fun. Yeah. And then four was like, I think it's four, it was like, so you want to be a, the president's a superhero that goes to space, right? And yes, like, he's also God like, now. Whoa. He's God, he's God now. Yeah. Like, okay. Why did this Glad go we here? could continue that story in a logical yeah. fashion. So, so now we've dialed it back. This is a reboot. This is a brand new city. This is the forming of the saints. This is going to be, uh, they, they're still over the top in the trailer. Like, mm-hmm. they still ride cars along roofs. Oh, yeah, yeah. But like, like someone still, like, is like, get away from my friends. And she's got, like, an eight-barreled rocket launcher over yeah. her shoulder. Yeah. But it's not like the president has superpowers and can go to space. Yeah. So there's at least that. And your main character is not, in fact, the president. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But what was really weird was there was a bunch of Call of Duty Vanguard, which their new World War II game footage shown. But the name Activision wasn't anywhere on it. Oh yeah, no, we don't we don't say the A word these parts. Ooh, they know that they're in trouble right now. And they if they want to sell their game, they cannot put their logo on it. Yep. Yep. Yep, yep. Blizzard's having a rough time. Activision's having mm-hmm. a rough time. We we read, uh, we read in the news this week, Activision illegally shredded documents related to ongoing court cases. They did. So yeah, Activision is um, not looking so great right now. So Call of Duty is just Call of Duty. Don't buy it. Except, lol, they did World War II again this year. Yeah. I was what I was I was happy because I've been saying for a long time I wanted Call of Duty World War Two. It's it's where Tony's I the feel audience for this. I well, feel the happiest that their gameplay was the most really great, authentic, very... and felt the the weapons felt better than right. But the, oh. so this game isn't gonna have guns that feel like you know Call of Duty One and Two because that's just not the way COD guns feel yeah. anymore. There are games, multiplayer games that are free where you can experience exactly that. You should definitely check those out because they support good teams that don't. You, you cover up rape and yeah. <laughs> it's made by like 12 people and no no those are very good games i highly recommend them i wish i could remember the names of any of them right now mm. but i will find them for you after the show if anyone listening <laughs> email us and i'll get them for you too because they're great games don't buy call of duty yeah the thing is that they did finally make a call of duty game that i was interested in that i can't justify buying because yep. Once again, it's I can't buy like all the all the shits coming for uh, Diablo. I'm not yep. buying yep. rebuying yeah. Diablo two. Yeah. I'm not buying Diablo four. It oh, God, sucks no. that those teams are working that are still working that hard on those games, but I need the company to go under, and I can't give them money if I want I'm the sure. company to go under. Yeah. The game you're looking for is called Hell Let Loose. Mm, Look cool. it up. Cool. Uh, all right. So, in happy Hector news. Mm. So it was announced that Horizon uh, Forbidden West had been delayed. That's right. Um, but then we got a Horizon Zero Dawn update, which dropped during Gamescom. Yeah, we did. With a release date. Mm-hmm. It's February. Yep. So what's six, happening six with uh, so, Horizon so Zero Dawn? Horizon Zero, Zero Dawn was the original. Yeah. It got a 60 oh, FPS. It got a 60 patch. FPS patch on PS5. So now James has no excuse not to play it when his PS5 gets here. In a couple days. In a couple days. I'm really excited for that. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I got a 60 FPS patch. And for whatever reason, the release date was 2-22-22. Yep. 
So I'm, I'm cool. Yeah, yeah I'm ready for it. Super excited. Looks it into like my it's going to be awesome. Nice. I know it's, I know it's mm-hmm. releasing on the PS4 and PS5 at the same time, so I'm really hoping the PS5 version also runs in 60 FPS. Please give me that. I'm wondering how many other games are going to do that because... Uh, well, I, probably it's a few just right too now. fucking you still, easy. And yeah. you still can't get they PS5s did, easily. They're, they're not doing it to Bloodborne. Yeah. Oh, uh, come on, Bloodborne. So, so maybe just put Horizon or Horizon Goes West uh, in, on the PC at the same time. As just, uh, since nice. that's available to more people than yeah. that would be nice. so, PS5s. So when this all of Gamescom was happening, the opening ceremonies, um, I was sitting at my desk. I was streaming it with some friends. I was in chat with Hector so that we could talk while we were doing, uh, while we were watching it as it was going on live. And this exchange that happens with this next game is hilarious. So we're watching this together. Um, there's this new upcoming beat em up called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. And we're in the chat and it looks really cool. It's all classic pixel art. Looks mm-hmm. at, it looks very reminiscent of like the Scott Pilgrim game. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the, the what it looks like yeah. graphically. It's a logical yeah, or like, evolution yeah. of the old, uh, old, yeah. the, the old yeah. TMNT arcade games like yeah. Turtles in Time. Like if you saw those in an arcade cabinet and were like, man, I wish my Genesis or SNES looked this good. Yeah. It looks that good now. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's we're, we're watching the trailer <laughs> we for this and the trailer goes, you know, we're adding a fifth character to the new Ninja Turtles game. And you can see in the chat me going, please be Casey Jones. Please be Casey Jones. Please be Casey Jones. And they go, April O'Neil. And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> and I typed, lol, debated. <laughs> they got you. I'm not. Nope. I'm, Casey, Casey, Casey Jones would have been. No, it would have been so perfect instead. And please don't take this as a sexist thing. It just doesn't. That April O'Neil doesn't fight. And if she did she would have the respect to not just hold her microphone the whole time. I don't know why she's holding the microphone as like her fight stance. I guess she's she, reporting she also, and fighting. But on she the also move. drops the microphone like a, on like them. Yeah, did she does like knuckles. She probably has a mic drop move. She does. It, it does. does explode. Yeah, it yeah, does. It does. I love it. Yeah, she does. And she okay. can and she can feed pizza to the turtles or bring them back from, to life. Yeah. Yeah, it's a whole thing. It'd, It'd be, be really cool it's really if she funny. could like if she could like turn the camera because she's the reporter, and then the turtles beat she's, everyone she up. She does off use screen. the camera with its tripod uh, to spin and beat the Foot Clan to death. Yeah. Oh, so that's, that's, that's she's a very it's a very expensive. fun character, and it looks like she actually does more mechanically than the it other does. characters do. It does, which is kind of cool. It does. She does look like a fun character. Do not get me wrong. And apparently, you can revive down turtles with pizza. Yeah, it's great. So I'm, I love it. Uh, let's see here. It, 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 speaking of things that are going to get me to buy them, um, is really enough to get me up. Apparently, all it takes to get me to get interested in Super Monkey Ball is say, "Hey, we're putting Persona Five characters in it," and I went, "Ah, yeah. fuck." Yeah, like I was like, okay, so who's gonna be in the monkey ball? I've been thinking about this for weeks now. Yeah. it's been like a Twitter thing, and yeah. everyone keeps posting wrong answers only, mm-hmm. and it's been great. Um, but yeah, Persona Five Cat—that's pretty much nailed it. Yep, pretty I was like, yeah, I guess I'm gonna it. get Monkey Ball and play that with my friends because yep. fucking Morgan is in it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, there was a really cool trailer for this game called Midnight Fight Express. Dude, yeah. This is like one of the best games at Gamescom. Mm-hmm. So Midnight Fight Express is basically like, it's like the Warriors, the movie The Warriors, the video game, but not, yep. but not the Warriors. But not the, video the Warriors. Game, the, video video game. Game. Warriors the video game is also good though. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a beat em up. It is a, uh, it was it's a solo developer from Poland made this. Wow. And it is so graphically beautiful. Yeah. It's just like, it is gorgeous. Like do look up the trailer for midnight fight express because yes. holy shit. Like it is 
it needs to win awards for how yeah. good this game looks. It looks great. The fighting looks interesting and fluid and fun. And it looks like just an isometric um, action RPG style uh, beat-em-up. Yeah. Um, yeah, love it. Uh, they announced that Amazon's new world MMO will start its beta in September. So I guess Amazon did get, actually make a game. Does anyone I mean, want to play it's an not MMO out from yet. Amazon? Don't curse them. It, it ha- <laughs> right. it, that, that game has not released 1.0. I, I actually have yeah. some and questions And it's not even this. slated to. I, I have some questions about yeah. how they're going to integrate this into Amazon in the future. If I do side quests and things in it, will it get me like bonus points when I go to... Uh, the uh, Whole Foods, or if I do things in Whole Foods, will it get me points points in my game? Can I work at Amazon and then use that micro money to then buy in game whatever the fuck? No, but they will provide more bottles for you to pee in. Yes, cool. So yeah. Oh, one of the, I, one, one of the games that Hector and I just lost our shit about is a game called Cult of the Lamb. Yes, Cult of the Lamb. It's a Devolver Digital title. And you can tell this is Devolver Digital. Oh, you just look yeah. at this. It's the most Devolver game. So you play as a possessed lamb, mm-hmm. and somebody saves you from dying, and you end up joining a cult. It's really, it's really hard yeah, to explain. It, 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 it's pretty hard to explain. And let me tell you, because of what we're what we what you described so far, the art is adorable. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to give it a hug and tuck it in. Yeah. Like, the art is so cute and so evil-looking. There's, one like, of a cute the themes, little Cthulhu sheep and shit. One it's of the themes awesome. at Gamescom this year, especially in the indie space, was games that have cute animals, but everything else in the game is dark. Like, yeah. there's, like, literally a, like, Dark Souls game with, like, badgers or some shit. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. People and it's just like, like Dark Souls, but it's, like, Redwall. It's just got, <laughs> yeah. like, like a cute badger in armor. People have spent quite a while now yeah. something. living in a very dark place. And for most people, the only companion has been the tiny furry thing <laughs> that true. shits all over the it floor. It kind of makes sense. Like, I, I get where we're getting these games from. It, it very, <laughs> yeah. very much so makes sense. But yeah, no, game looks great. Yeah. Um, indie game, probably easy to pick up. Definitely put it on your radar. Wishlist it. It does help. Yeah, it's Devolver Digital, and yeah. they, they actually treat their people good. They treat their people it's good. Really, and they put hard, on the best show at it, E3. It's hard to say that about any video game company these days, but Devolver Digital, as a publisher, actually does really give a shit. There's a great mm-hmm. GDC uh, talk where he gives, and he's just like, you don't need a publisher. And I know that I'm saying that because I'm a publisher. Yep. But most publishers don't give a fuck about you. Mm-hmm. We do, but don't take my advice here. Yeah. And it's just this whole thing is just a very uh, candid like discussion about how publishing works in the industry mm-hmm. and basically him ripping into publishing going, I really hope I'm not going to get fired for this talk, but this is how it is. Yep. By the way, he got like a promotion. So Good. Uh, they showed some more of Splitgate, which if you're unfamiliar oh, yeah. with Splitgate, um, it is a... It's advertised as a mix between Halo and Portal. It's a free game. You can download it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you pick up, you know, your assault yeah. rifles. You go. It's purely multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. Th- think uh, like imagine like the old school like Halo Two style Halo maps. Maybe even a little bit of the Halo Three style, um, but just Halo looking guns, Halo type combat with like the movement speed and the good like thump of the gunfire. Um, but also, everyone has a portal gun. Yeah. And you can just portal around and bullets go through portals. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's one that's been on my like to watch list for a while. I have a pretty large aversion to early access stuff, so I've never played it myself, but I've definitely been watching it quite a bit. And I found out before. It's Games free to play Com- right now, right? It is. Yeah. Um, 
I found out before Gamescom that the publisher had recently delayed their 1.0 launch, which was already on the schedule, and they delayed it indefinitely, which mm. sounded bad until we found out that they delayed it indefinitely because they had such a large spike in players coming into the game mm. that they thought, oh, we need to... We ain't gonna, we're not some stable yeah. for yeah, what yeah. we're well, planning. We, we on. need to ramp this shit up <laughs> yeah. before we can release it. And then we found out at game, at, at, you know, at Gamescom that they're doing a whole thing. Mm -hmm. So very, very happy for them. Yeah, yeah great game. Uh, one of the things I, I did want to mention in here, which is going to seem really weird for our show, but I want to mention a soccer game. So one of the things that they showed was a game called uh, UFL. Mm -hmm. It is just another soccer game, but in the advertisement for this, what they said was. Um, it's it was free, free to, play, to play, fair to play, fair to play, and uh, like that was it. It was like ultimate okay. ultimate football. League. So basically, direct call out to FIFA, right? Yeah. So basically, if you're unfamiliar with what's been going on with FIFA, uh, FIFA's system, if you want to use certain characters, you have to use loot box mechanics to get them. Mm -hmm. The best professional football players are all like. Point zero zero one percent that you would get right. this. It, it, it's it's one of the you most have a better chance of winning the lottery than yeah. some oh, of the much, characters. Much, much better. Yeah, it, it is one of the most predatory and aggressively monetized games um, in the industry, hmm. and it is a reoccurring yearly sports title. And many of its fans, people who just fucking love FIFA soccer IRL. Complain that these games are not even reskins. That year to year, many of the assets are exactly the same, aside from new players they had to model in. Yeah. Um, uniforms, stats, everything else are basically meandering. But they still charge you $60 every year for this game to come plus out. Plus how much you're going to pay. Plus microtransactions, plus everything else. Nothing carries over year to year. People have spent like hundreds of thousands of dollars on FIFA. Yeah. Because it is essentially a gambling addiction, and it, there are reports. These reports are what are being delivered to uh, European government agencies right now to right. say loot box mechanics need to be taken out because, like, this dude actually has a gambling addiction, and this feeds on that. Yeah, I, I this believe nine-year-old has a gambling addiction. That's also that. Yeah. Yes, that but is true. I believe it was a group of um, uh, soccer-loving lawyers in Spain who were so upset by the last iteration of FIFA that they decided to form a class action lawsuit against yep. like the company. I hope that they didn't, that's so, what they named their company. Soccer loving lawyers from Spain. <laughs> that's why I wanted to mention UFL because they blatantly came out during their advertisement and they're like, do you love soccer, but basically hate FIFA? Here you go. We have you covered friends. Hey, yeah. it's, I didn't think that it would be possible because of like licensing or the, I felt like the, FIFA owned so much of it that trying to play against them at all would be asking to get murdered. I mean, literally. It, uh, yeah, so. and, and it might be for all we know. But I mean, the deal is, I mean, I, I don't think they have rights to any kind of franchise at all, probably for a lot of things. But you can make things so close yeah. that you can't be sued for it and just do it that way. Yeah. And as long as you're the better game, people will go along. That's yeah. true. Uh, next up is something that I cannot believe we're going to be talking about it, but we have to. Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. We saw a big old trailer for we this. We saw covers all trailer. of the Skywalker movies. I watched that trailer and I was like, 
This is going to be so much fun. Yeah. If you're at all skeptical right now and being like, yeah, but those games are for kids. I played them a lot. Lego games are so good. I played them a while ago and they have their charm, but they're not really for me. Watch this trailer. Yeah. Watch this fucking trailer. I guarantee you'll be like, okay, I want to Because this trailer not only showed off a really fun Lego game, it also makes fun of Star Wars a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very much what Lego games do. Games are very much just like, yeah, we understand how ridiculous and how stupid some of this stuff is. We're just going to make fun of it in the game. Yep. And they, they play with your expectations a lot because they redo a lot of scenes and then they'll mix them to make them even more fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, very, very good if behind like the, the scenes. If you the Lego Christmas there. special they did on Disney+, Plus, uh, Lego, Lego Star yeah. Wars Christmas special that came out this last year, mm-hmm. it's similar in that vein of we're going to fuck with the Star Wars universe but also love it and we love Legos. Yeah. And yeah. it's... I do not understand how they've gotten away with what they've been able to get away with, with everybody's franchises and make these games. You don't fuck with Legos, man. Everyone loves Legos. And that's the thing is that at the end of the day, when it comes to Lego Star Wars, it's not a game I'll sit down and play by myself, but it's a game that I will happily sit down on a couch with a friend, have some drinks, and I just get stupid drunk and have a good time. Yep. Like it's, it's so mindless that you don't, you you don't worry about dying or any Mm -hmm. of that. You're just like, yeah, let's just get drunk and fuck play some Legos. Yep. Let's do it. I mean, in Legos, they have the perfect like vehicle for everything. Like every, every franchise loves, loves Legos for Mm -hmm. one reason. And this is like an old, like it could be an urban legend story, but one of the first times they had to convince someone to let them put their thing into a Lego model. They're like, we don't need Legos. We're very well selling. And he's like, okay, we have this mock-up for you. Take this home and put it together and tell me what you're thinking about the entire time. And he come and when when they get back to it, he's like, I thought about this thing, this franchise, this the entire time I was building this, because I was building it. He's like, You weren't thinking about Legos, were you? He's like, No, I was building Legos. He's like, Yeah, you were thinking about the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, it's yeah. exactly that. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And now everyone every, everyone puts everything into Lego. Legos. is the medium. It is the it is the it is the construction base material, but we just love that the base material. Yes, it's the better version of Lincoln Logs. Yeah, it, it, the idea that a that a set of Legos can be anything is what makes it everything. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Uh, we showed off the trailer for Far Cry Six. Uh, we've already seen a lot about Far Cry yeah. Six. There's some more story. I want to. I really um, want to play Far Cry Six. It makes me feel bad because I don't want to buy any Ubisoft games, so I'm not gonna. But um, Far Cry Six looks good. Big fan of three. Uh, smaller fan of four. Uh, didn't get very far in yeah. five, but three was very good. Blood Dragon's the best one though. Yeah, Ubisoft just get the sexual predators out of your company, and there you go. Yeah, but including your CEO. Fire, fire, fire your CEO. Yeah, there you go. Uh, oh, fire one, all CEOs. One of the really fun trailers that we got to see at Gamescom was something called Park Beyond. So it's a park simulation game uh, by the people who do the Tropico series. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really the reason I want to talk about this is because there's there are other park simulation games that are out there. Lots of them, but all the park simulation yeah, the, games the Sim that exist. City uh, has right. a Sim Parks one that's. The renowned is like the fucking it's but great. all it's of really these fun. sim park <laughs> games have to have their mechanics rooted in reality right like they 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 say like when you come to the park you know you can only build a roller coaster that could actually possibly exist mm-hmm. and now we can stretch the um, limits of the imagination there's that roller coaster tycoon guy who made the infinitely like looping roller yeah, coaster the death simu- the death right coaster. Yeah, the death coaster is oh, like but, death coaster is so but, good but it still has to like work within the laws YouTube of physics death coaster video game on you just let, right. use those search words it's a fun video so You'll, it'll be great park beyond says fuck that shit yeah park beyond's like okay so here's the deal you want to fire somebody out of a cannon you know, like they're in a roller coaster cart and you put them in a 
cannon and you fire them out of the cannon and then an octopus grabs that card out of midair and then like puts them down on the track. You can do that. Yeah. Without them dying because right. of massive amounts of Gs yeah. they just right. pulled through all of that. And I'm just sitting there watching this and I'm like, this is everything I've wanted in a park simulator game. Mm-hmm. Because like- You want I, the ridiculousness. Yeah, I want yeah. the ridiculousness. I want to do like just absolutely bad You want to do death coasters. Yeah. That- but at the end, like, people could walk away and go like, fuck yeah, I survived Death Coaster. Yeah, right. fucking Death Coaster sounds great yeah, just, if I, I walk I had away. just like, a big smile on my face <laughs> while I was watching this. I'm like, yeah, I actually might pick this up and, and play this. Oh, man, there was so much stuff uh, to talk about. Uh, Jet the Far Shore was an interesting one. Ooh, yeah. Um, it's the crew who are b- behind the game Super Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a No Man's Sky kind of game. Um yeah, it's kind of hard to describe the game by what they showed us in uh, in as much as if you played Super Brothers um, Swords and Sorcery, mm-hmm. very hard for me to say. Uh, if you play that game, uh, you will realize that it's pretty hard to describe mm-hmm. d- just in general. It's, uh, you know, a story about a, a hero wandering through the woods and... Uh, going on adventures and that's pretty much all you get everything else is atmosphere and soundtrack you know and I this have, game feels very much like that. i have never played sword and sorcery but i have listened to that soundtrack of shit because it's wonderful spotify recommended it to me at one point and i was mm-hmm. like oh man this is fucking good yeah it made me want to play the game i've just never gotten around to it yeah uh what was one of the interesting things about this game uh, jet the far shore was that it's coming out to ps4 ps5 and Epic Games Store. Correct. Was the Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, they, they did uh, it was a Sony exclusive on console mm-hmm. and an Epic exclusive on PC. Yeah. Basically, it seems like they double dipped. Like yeah. they they got both exclusive right deals and yeah. made a bunch more money to make their game, which they make very simple games, so that could have been like literally all of their funding. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Because it's a smaller company thing and like it's made by smaller teams, I'm not going to fault them for going with the the two companies that they did Get for those two, can. yeah, for where they could, because yeah. when was the console launch? This was the PC launch. They're two different things. Yeah, they didn't go with the other options. I guess for whatever contracts were up. Yeah, it just kind of sucks that those are the two places that I'm not going to go. I'm not. I can, right. I'm not going to the Epic Games Store literally ever, yeah. and I don't have a PlayStation. Yeah, right. <laughs> none of my friends have a play. Uh, my friends have Playstations, <laughs> right. but like. James, I'm just going to turn it on and use it, okay? Like, I'm not yeah. going to... De- <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the weirder games that come out over the last year that's picked up a lot of momentum is uh, Valheim. Yeah, Valheim. It was very um, flash in the pan. Uh, think think about the kind of runaway success that you got from stuff like Fall Guys or Among Us mm-hmm. um, to a smaller degree because it's more of a sim, a little bit more of a Minecraft type game. It's so a survival it takes, game. Yeah, survival. And it takes a much bigger time sink and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's survival bits. sim, but with Vikings. But with Vikings and a bunch of neat stuff to explore and discover. And you can just build a big fuck off log cabin mm-hmm. like... Uh, you know, towers high into the sky and everyone can like walk around and mm. be in it and add to it. It's neat. It's cute. Um, and it's getting an expansion, which is nice. Yeah. I don't think it's a 1.0. It's, it's getting expansion called hearth and home. Mm-hmm. But the weirdest part about the like announcement for the expansion is like, it wasn't anything about the game itself. They just gave us like a five minute anime. Yeah. Yeah. We, we straight up just got it's like just five a- minutes of really, really pretty great animation that I would watch a series of. Yeah, like, I was watching this like, if this was like a Netflix show, because yeah. we were confused. We're like, is this still like, the... Wait, is this still the commercial for Valheim? Are they announcing a show they're doing? Right. I, I straight up did, but I guess... It's it just was... like, it's like the entire trailer is like, dude, like, kills a dragon, and it's just like the 
video of him taking this thing home. Yeah. Like him, the, like the, the boat ride. The, yeah. And that's all it is. Like he gets home and then they like mount it on the freaking wall. And they're like, yep, here you go. Expansion guys. And I was like, that's just the fucking weirdest way to market your expansion. Yeah. It was awkward, but you know, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the brawler Saifu that we're all looking for. Sifu. Oh, Sifu. Mm-hmm. Sifu. Um, it, we got a release date for it. So if you're unfamiliar with it, it is a uh, martial arts game in which when you lose slash die, your character ages, but Correct. he gets experience from every fight that he enters. Mm. Um, looks really cool. Uh, we got a release date for that, which was February 22nd. Yeah. Lots of things coming out in February. Yeah, They're big fans of that date. Yeah. Uh, we, of course, because it's Jeff Keighley, mm. got to see more of the Death Stranding director's cut. Yep. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, I'm going to try and keep it brief because you guys already know that I'm obsessed with Death Stranding. Uh, You have uh, cargo catapults so you can just launch packages across the map. Yep, fucking sweet. You get a jet pack. We have done that now. Uh, They added... Mario Kart to it. No, the jet pack is specifically for going down, not up. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it is to ease your fall because yeah. So, yeah, you, you, you put quite you, a bit. You, you put yourself and a giant thing that weighs too much into the catapult oh, and you the, the eat ca- yourself across <laughs> I, the I map the and then you... I believe down. the catapult is strictly for cargo because it has a whole like parachute system. Yeah. And you have to guide it uh, to where but it But there's a, to go. now a robot. I can do that while I'm fucking slowly You now have lazy person mode, which is the robot, which oh, yeah. you can call on the robot to come hang out with you and carry packages. But you can yeah. also just climb in the robot and yeah. it'll just take places. You always had this little walking robot with a rack on top, like, like, like you would see on top of a car, yeah. and it could just carry stuff for you, but you let it go off on its own. You're like, I'll make this delivery the hard one. You make the easy ones. Right. But now it'll just follow you like a companion, which wasn't really a thing. Yeah. And... Now, instead of it following you with more cargo, you can just carry the cargo and then get on top, and it'll just walk it'll be your little car to where guy. you're going. Yeah. You'll be your walkie boy. And it, you can just think about your life. I, I So I am conflicted about some of these things, <laughs> because right. Death Stranding, the way... <laughs> I, I feel like Death Stranding, the way that it was originally released, was... It was Kojima's vision. That's how he wanted it to release. Yeah. It was difficult in places that it was difficult... And it was intended to be that way because the mm-hmm. game does get easier when it when it opens up in the back half. Yes, quite you, a bit. You get zip lines and things to make your life easier. Mm-hmm. These are all quality of life things that will make your life a lot easier. And I'm wondering how early in the game they're opening up in there because know. it it feels like it almost takes away from. I'm not trying to be an elitist here. I'm just saying like you kind of want to do this. This should be a new game plus feature, right? Or, you, know, or, like you have to beat the game and then now you some, can play Mario Kart get, World. Like some you yeah. get later on, or like I don't, maybe they add more content and the extra content might like based on how it's designed necessitate the use of new tools maybe i'm really not sure yeah uh, it's but, hard, it's hard to say yeah. they showed off a bunch of new levels there's actually uh, you actually go indoors a lot mm-hmm. um all of the levels uh they have not metal gear solid music yeah like literally kojima like made it look and sound as close to metal gear as he could get away with legally yeah i i swear i got a couple of like head turns like a, was that a oh no they're doing a thing yeah. okay Okay. Is there going to be a new cute. company called Caves in this one instead? Caves. Like, be, I want to hit bridges on the nose. Are we going to do the same thing for the director's cut? Yeah, just, probably. Just caves, and they, and they do caves. So, <laughs> the trailer that basically broke the fucking internet for Gamescom was, believe it or not, a tactical RPG. Hmm. Firaxis, the company that made XCOM, is making a Marvel game. Yep. And they're not making a generic... 
Marvel game like everybody it's else It's not Marvel's does. Avengers based on the movies, but it's not the movies. It's totally not. It's Marvel's Midnight Suns. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Midnight Suns, I think most people are. Most because... people are because I'm one of five people who read Midnight Suns. Yeah. Midnight Suns exists in a part of Marvel that is purely about the supernatural. It's Ghost Rider, Doctor Strange, Punisher, uh, Wolverine, uh, Moon Knight. Um, not all class acts. Right. Like these are people Wait, who are well, fighting. I was gonna say fuck. In what way is Wolverine <laughs> supernatural? Um, so he wasn't originally part. So he wasn't part of the Midnight Suns. Okay, but he's just along for the ride. No, so he was in the the Midnight Suns originated story. Mm-hmm. The very first story was a self contained story that came back in the early '90s called Heart of Darkness. Okay, it was a one shot, like close to a trade paper or graphic novel, but that wasn't really a thing. Right. Um, it was just longer than a normal comic. Okay. It was a story of Ghost Rider. Uh, Wolverine and Punisher all find themselves at a point in time where they all end up at Roanoke at the same time. Cool. And this is the first story behind Blackheart, Mephisto's son. This is the origin story of him. And so they have to not only combat the supernatural forces that are going on, but also try to figure out the mystery of what happened to Roanoke and all this stuff. Um, That kind of started spurring this newer wave of supernatural stuff that eventually led to the Midnight Suns. So they kind of are honorably in it because they're the, an origin point. Um, but there are, um, there's some weird decisions that Fraxis made. Okay. They've added characters from like the MCU that have just never been a part of the midnight sun. Yeah, and they're, they're the all, they all seem to be like, so, like in dark mode. Yeah. So you have Iron Man, uh, mm. Captain Marvel, and I want to say Captain America. And I don't all, think I saw Captain and, America, and, and but maybe, I did see a few was, other ones. Was, I saw a lady with, Katanas? That's the new character you play. Okay. So you play an original character in this game. Oh, okay. Um, she's just called the Hunter. Okay. Um, and she's your baseline for entering the world of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was weird that we saw some of these MCU characters get brought in. I guess for the sake of because Iron Man's famous, we got to bring him in. It just felt I think it felt weird to me because I'm like the Midnight Suns have a lot of great characters like yeah. Moon Knight, and we didn't see Moon Knight there. Yeah, like he think, absolutely deserves to be there. I think what I, happened is they're like, hey, we're gonna make a Marvel game, but we want to do this. This is our vision. This is what we want to make, and they're like. I mean, this looks cool and all. This is great. But if you're going to make a Marvel game, you got to tie in some of the shit we're actually doing right now. So they're like, we'll put Iron Man in and like Captain America. That's why Moon Knight's going to be the first DLC. Captain Marvel. At that point, the show will be out. I hope so. That'd be cool. I mean, I'm not calling it. Either way, I love a good strategy. Look, very rarely, (laughs) very rarely on this show do I use the phrase, this shit is my shit. Believe me when I tell you right now, Marvel, Midnight Suns, XCOM style tactical RPG. This shit is my shit. No, this is actually like for you. This is all of the magic people from Marvel playing XCOM. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's James game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one more thing that we have to talk about that happened during the main show. We have a little bit of side stuff to talk about afterwards, but the last big thing was, and let's bring Microsoft back into the equation. Mm Y'all halo infinite. Yep. On opening night, not at the Microsoft show, literally like 18 hours beforehand. It didn't need to exist. Why did they even do... We don't know why they did the Microsoft show, guys. But anyway, Microsoft (laughs) showed up to the opening night and showed off a couple things. Uh, Let's see here. We saw the story trailer. Yeah. For the first season of multiplayer, uh, we have a new commander that we're going to be following her story Mm -hmm. um, and like how she gets tied into Master Chief. Um, They announced the release date, the most important thing we've all been asking about, December 8th. Yeah. So, right around the corner. I mean, yeah, that's very soon. Uh, we still really haven't seen a lot of gameplay, have we? Like the no. new updated stuff? 
No. Oh, yeah, well, that's the like. day after uh, Destiny does their 30th anniversary. I, I know. Yeah. I know that it's I... also the 20th anniversary of Halo. I'm just worried about a game that's coming out in December that is Halo. That I we will have probably not seen wait for Halo Infinite until they because they said one of the things about Halo Infinite is that the story, when the story drops, it will not uh, be. Yeah, co-op. the campaign will not have co-op on launch. It's right. coming later. Right. And I always play campaign with Same co-op. Same with mode. Yes. So I just, and I'm one of the. People, I always play this game by myself because I'm Master Chief and I have to do that. And then I just play it on the harder yep. mode because I'm Master Chief and I have to do you'll, that. You'll be good day one. <laughs> but yeah, Hector and I will be waiting until oh, yeah. the patch releases and then we'll just play together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Oh, oh, other things that they showed um, <laughs> in wanting to empty your wallets. Um, they showed off a Halo Infinite Master Chief uh Controller Elite Controller Elite Series the, the, the Elite two. Series Two controller, which looks very Master nice, Edition, by the way. Does. That is a beautiful controller. Yeah. Uh, then they showed the Halo Infinite Xbox console. Yeah. Oh, good luck that getting means, that. Literally, it's, it's, already, ever. it's already gone. Yeah, it's, they've it, been it, gone. Scalpers already. No, yeah, Scalpers took it instantly. It was yeah. the same thing with the fucking the uh, the two things I cared about this week for yeah. fucking things were Destiny's Collector's Edition because there's a new Ghost thing uh-huh. and Xbox. Both got taken down by scalpers, like yeah. basically instantly. Yeah, and and you know, and I I was vocal when they announced it that like nobody can get the consoles right now. This is not the time to be releasing new SKUs that will right. be even more rare. It just it, it just makes everyone feel bad, man. Because it, it feels yeah. bad. The, if, if when God of War comes out and the, you, no one can still get a PlayStation, and they're like, "Get the God of War PlayStation," I'm going to be like, "Fuck y'all." Mm-hmm. I waited on the 360 because. Halo wasn't come. Halo Three wasn't coming out with it. Mm-hmm. I waited to buy a three sixty that was the Master Chief edition of the three sixty. I had that one because you could get one at the time. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally got off work, wa- yep. walked into Best Buy at nine a.m. and went mine. Yep, and that that was that was yeah. it. <laughs> it had the cool golden hard drive and shit. It was a good looking console. Yeah, mm-hmm. and looking at this one, it's not glaringly over gamey. It could sit on your shelf and go, "What's that? Oh, that's my Xbox." Yeah, it still it just looks like an Xbox, and the Xbox is already sleek and like easy to like. You could put it on a shelf with a bunch of stuff. It didn't and have if it did Titty Dragon Girl on it, right? Like if it didn't light up, you would almost not notice it, except for the cute green glow out of the top, which is nice. It's classy. Mm. So like they, the Halo one isn't bombastic. The Halo one just has some like it's very subtle. I yeah, like it, it it's very subtle, and when you look at it, you go like, oh, that's the Halo one. Like yeah. it's nice. Yeah. I like that. It's very, very cool. Uh, so before we wrap up, because that's kind of it for the main show, I just wanted to spend a little bit of time on the Indian future shows. Just, yeah. I just want to highlight a couple games that seemed really cool that you guys might be into checking out trailers for. Um, so there was a game that was released in 2019 called Blasphemous. Uh, it's yeah, an action-adventure game that has this very unique art style, mm-hmm. uh, very Metroidvania-ish, but like but like torture porn version of yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's dark. It's dark. It's Correct. dark. Um, they showed off the last the trailer for the last DLC, which will be coming to, uh, in December, which I think they said was free. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, they said, "Yeah, by the guy, by the way, guys, like 2023, we're working on Blasphemous two right now. We're just taking our time with it." Love that. Yeah, Blasphemous nice. was very cool. It was. Um, it's gory as all hell. It's yeah, pix- it's, it's, it's all super pixel gory, art. and it's all very like. Like that kind of like dark Catholic mythology yes. where everything is a demon or wrapped in bandages and wearing a crown, but also whipping itself. Yeah, it's a lot about Yeah, with penance. a torture cage around its balls or whatever's going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Blasphemous, check it out. Um, it's been on my to-do list for quite a yeah. while. And they actually just added some more content to it to make it a little more accessible because it was very 
Like we're in this, we're, we, it came out and we're still kind of in this phase where all of our 2D side scrollers have to be like tough as nails mm-hmm. and slowly companies are weaning themselves off of this because it's not everyone but wants to fucking play a 24 hour fucking struggle fest to get through right. your goddamn story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Basically that it's it, sometimes it's just a little too hard. Uh, there was another game, an indie game called Serial Cleaners. Um, so it's an action game that has a lot of stealth elements the concept behind it is that you're a you're in the crime like heavy crime uh, ridden version of New York in 1990, uh-huh. and you play one of these four characters and you go about quote unquote cleaning murder scenes. Like, are you, it's, are you it's like crazy. that? It's, sounds. Are you awesome. a cleaner or like you know for like underground or are you a cleaner like your professional job is you show up and get rid you're of? You're supposed to be cleaning these like murder scenes and stuff. Like like it's, that's your day job. That's, your that's day what job. you do. It's, it's, yeah. You just go around cleaning up murder scenes. Yeah. Uh, for everybody that likes murder podcasts, there's a tie-in right there. <laughs> there uh, yeah, pretty it. much. Uh, one of the things that I noticed it was a theme this year, and I, again, we didn't, we're not going to cover everything in the indie space, um, but when I was watching the indie stuff today, I noticed a lot of people are doing board games. Yeah. And maybe it's just because we're all stuck inside and want something to play with each other that maybe isn't shoot other friends in the face. We also stare at a screen most of the times of the day. We'd like to do something that's not staring at a screen. Right. Well, no, no, no. But I mean, this is staring at screens. These are game video oh, games. Oh, I was thinking board game yes. board games. Yeah, these are, these are just, oh. these are virtual they're, they're, board yeah, games. Yeah, simulated and or like gamified so that they're easy to grok and control with the controller. Yeah, there was a okay. lot of really cool stuff in, in kind of that space and I didn't bring mm-hmm. a lot of those up. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff right around the corner for playing board games with your friends online. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an interesting game called The American. So uh, that's what I like about is the online bar. I, I, I went to the doing board games with your family at, the, at yeah. being in person because oh, yeah. playing board games in person is fun. I, the idea of playing board games online is is one of those things that like on a, this comes to a game by game basis yeah. because some games are great. Um, trains is fun. Yeah, Ticket to Ride virtually T- is Ticket great. to Ride virtually is fun. I've been playing it on actually my phone for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with uh, uh, Catan. Yeah. Catan's great. But some of the higher end mm-hmm. Games. I'm just kind of looking over here. Like you're literally looking at my I'm pile. Looking at yes. the question. I'm like, which one of these can I use to explain this? But there are these higher end games that are very complicated to play with different character pieces and map tiles in some cases, or two different card decks, and it becomes giant boxes that are hard to control. Yeah, and you can only pull those out on special occasions. Like, hey, we're all going to sit down and play this one game, mm. but we can't do those anymore. So a lot of those bigger games haven't been. Right. Out there, I mean, they're going out there, but we're not getting, we're not playing them. So if we can find a way to make a digital version, actually, that is really cool. Yeah, because yeah. there are a lot of those games that I want to play, I just don't have the ability to sit my friends down also, and make them do a thing for eight hours because I can't get them in person. Board games are expensive, y'all. Yeah. Oh, they're even they're getting more expensive. I all have the I have time. A, I have an entire. Yeah. Container here full of board games we're staring at, and like that's a, that was a lot of money of my life. So, video game board games, absolutely fantastic. Um, let's see here. Some of the other stuff that they showcased during the indie st- uh, summit was a, there was a game called The Amazing American Circus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a card builder game ish. There was a lot of those. It was like they're kind of card builder games, but but built on top of a different premise. So, like in this one. Um, it's very like 1940s, 50s, like 
a circus freak show and you have to basically entertain the crowd mm-hmm. and you use these cards to entertain the crowd. And this sounds okay. really dumb saying it, uh-huh. but like watch the trailer for it. It's actually really fascinating. That like somebody cool. was just like, this is very wholesome. Um, but yeah, you're just like trying to, you're just like a ringmaster and you're trying to find ways to entertain the crowd. And it's just, it's a very simple concept that looks like it's going to have some really deep mechanics. Okay. Uh, we have a lot of like era specific stuff. Like the, uh, there was a game city block builder, which is uh, set in 1950s, Los Angeles. Uh, basically it's just a, here's 1950s, Los Angeles, build uh, LA however you want. Yeah, no, that so, sounds well, super cool. It's very highly stylized, which it, I, I do need to mention that. It, is, it sounds dumb just saying, yeah, it's a city builder, 1950s, but it's a very stylized 1950s Los Angeles. Yeah, it gives you that nostalgia pump, you know? Yeah. Um, there was a cool game called The Serpent Rogue, uh, which I affectionately call the Plague Doctor Simulator. Yeah. <laughs> um, it basically is like this super gothic... Um, wasteland that you kind of get dropped into as a plague doctor and you have to like survive and help people and try and like make the the world a better place essentially and it's just it's this beautiful adventure art uh the the, the art is just amazing and everything about it just screams like this would be a great weekend yeah a great weekend game you pick it up on a friday you sit down and just burn through the whole thing on the weekend love it and just you get really really immersed in just the way that the aesthetic of it mm-hmm um, there was a game called Project Relic that was shown. Uh, it's a, a, another Souls-like. Um, but this looks really good. The only thing that they showed was the bosses in the trailer for mm-hmm. it. Uh, again, very dark, very gothy, um, very Souls-y. But, but we're now getting to a point where companies are starting to understand what works and what doesn't in the Souls formula. Mm-hmm. Because before we had a lot of Souls-likes, but they were hot garbage. Yeah. It took him a while to for, for people to really understand what made Souls fun. And most of that happened in the indie space. Right. And so it's mostly about the sw- environment. SpongeBob Souls game. You know. Bikini Bottom's ripe for fucking Souls game. I don't... I don't I, the Tony's off the rails, y'all. <laughs> so are all these other games. Uh, Salt and Sacrifice. Oh, yes. The, the, the sequel to Salt and Sanctuary. Yep. A, a definite... Um, one of the original Souls, Souls-like. So the pretty old game as far as indie games go, as yep. far as their lifestyle life cycle goes. Um, but a lot of fun, interesting. Had co-op, but was able to fight bosses. Has the same in the sequel. Yep. Uh, probably going to be very cool. Uh, it's going to be coming out in 2022. Nice. Looks great. Looks beautiful. If you yeah. like Salt and, Sa- Salt and Sanctuary, was actually on my to-do list as well. Mm-hmm. So I just got to get around to it. But yeah, I saw that they were doing a sequel, and I'm like, well, shit, I better get on that. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of Gamescom in the indie space that I affectionately called, well, if they're not going to do it, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have the name of the game in front of me, but I, there was one of the things that was shown off at the indie space and the indie games where it is literally Final Fantasy Tactics. Ah, it's awesome. They were just like, yeah, I swear it's not making one. Fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yep. And it's just, it just, but it has like voice acting and shit in it. It looks gorgeous. It, it, it really takes that pixel art and does something great with it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just an absolute roller coaster of a thing. And so one of the things that we're seeing is that obviously we're not getting anything like Silent Hill or PT adjacent right now, right? Right. So the indie studios, Legally like, just different enough. The mm-hmm. Indies are just like, well, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Um, there was one called In Sound Mind. Uh, it's a first-person psychological thriller, a lot of puzzle-based mechanics in it. 
um, just looks gorgeous. Mm. It just absolutely fantastic. I think that when it comes to the indie space, horror is one of the things that I'm always the most excited for, whether mm-hmm. it be movies or video games. You know, it just it feels like indie horror people in that in that space just they love what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Did that game where you play in the two different time uh, two different uh, the universes at the same time come out yet? The medium, uh, yeah. The the Xbox one? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah, it came out a while ago. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. it's on Game Pass. Yeah, that's the one that um, the composer for Silent Hill worked on. That. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. I still yeah. need to play that. Yeah, you yeah. should. Um, aside from In Sound Mind, there was another really great first-person psychological horror game uh, called Madison. Watch the fucking trailer. You sent me the this. trailer. I haven't watched it yet. This shit gives me some PT vibes. Ooh, okay. In like a good way. I'm into that. I am whole. I'm way too excited about this. Yeah. I, I watched the trailer for this and I went, holy fucking shit. Um, the last one that I want to mention was kind of my what the fuck moment of Gamescom. Because sometimes a, a game and a franchise comes out and you just go, but why did we do that? Yeah. There was an old anime back in the day to date myself, back when I was still writing and covering anime professionally, mm. called Gungrave. It was the story of a dude who died oh, and came back yeah, to life and he hunted down mobsters. They made a video game out of it. Gungrave, the video game, was hot trash. Yeah. It basically sold itself as a devil may cry. It was not even... They didn't even use the engine. It's just, it's just, I mean, like so many games use that engine. Yeah. Like how could you? Yeah. It was, it <laughs> well, was that so was bad. the Capcom engine. So yeah. if you didn't have the Capcom, you didn't get the Capcom. Yeah. Ah, see, yeah. there were some really great games that I played that <laughs> used Devil May Cry engine. That like like uh, yeah. yeah, so many fun games. Um, but yeah, I'm sitting here watching the the very end of the. This was part of the future games section of mm-hmm. Gamescom stuff that's going to be coming way down the line. Um, and this trailer opens up, and there's a bunch of guys like. With guns, obviously gang, uh, a gang of some kind walking down the street. And then something starts flying out of the sky. Like like a comet's like coming towards the earth. Uh And you're like, what the fuck is that? And the guys are just talking and bantering and saying just fucking whatever. shit. And then finally it starts to zoom in and you see what the comet is. And now Grave carries this giant coffin on his back full of guns. Yeah, okay, I know this character now. And he's very Helsing looking, if mm-hmm. you're familiar with that anime. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Very much reminiscent of that. Even his, his guns have like giant crosses on them and shit. Gotcha. Uh, it was of that time. Mm-hmm. And I see this coffin, and I'm like, that, that, this cannot oh. possibly, in the year of our Lord 2021, possibly be the coffin that Gungrave uses. Like, like is, yeah. <laughs> this, this, this just, I... I have had nothing to drink today <laughs> and I have taken no drugs. This is not possible. And then it just like lands and it's just gun grave. And you just, and it's the gore is like amped up to 11 from yeah. where it was in the original two okay. thousands release. Just people getting holes blown through them. And just yeah. like, he like just twists somebody's <laughs> neck. And I'm like, I yeah, think this, seems this like game a, better be good. Like sometimes you see something that you're familiar, just familiar enough with to be like, who is this for? Is this for me? I didn't want this. <laughs> I mean, I know of that thing and not many people did. And it wasn't very popular. Who who made this and why? Oh God, no. Like Gungrave was one of those things that like, I remember having to, I had to go to California to interview some of the creators behind it. Mm-hmm. And when I came back, I talked to my boss and I'm like, I don't know if I can write this article. And he was like, why? I was like, because that anime was bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, was like, it was just not good. All the more reason to write about it. <laughs> Save some people some time. So yeah, I'll be very interested to see what happens with this because maybe there is somebody out there. 
that loved Gungrave enough to make it into that a looked good at this and game. said, "You know what? I can do it right this time." God, I hope so. Good on you if you can pull this off. Yeah. So that was a lot of games, and it's not even like it was the tip of the iceberg for what happened at Gamescom. Yeah. But still going on too. We do have to wrap the show, mm-hmm. but before we go. I actually just want to get everybody's kind of general vibes about what they thought about Gamescom. What Game- you liked, what you liked, didn't like, stuff that stood out to you, go. Gamescom has been pretty cool so far. I mean, aside from aside from the stuff I already knew about that mostly came from the big players, uh, Microsoft, Activision, who were like, hey, look at our stuff. It's like, I knew about your stuff. I'm seeing a lot of, lot of really interesting work in the indie space and in the double-A space, which I appreciate. More double-A games, please. Not every game needs to cost $100 million. Um, yeah, so so it's been good. Uh, my highlight is a game called Doke V, just because of how oh, that weird ass shit. I was by it. It... So the game is Korean and follows some Korean children around, I think, a typical Korean town, like as if we're doing like a walkthrough day in the life. But it's also a creature collector. So there were a lot of comparisons to Pokemon, but it didn't look like Pokemon to me. Mm -hmm. It looks like Monster Hunter. It looks exactly like Monster Hunter, complete with characters with big weighty moves and lots of different... um, a weapon choices that all have a different flavor and affect gameplay and companions mm-hmm. and co-op. It looks like Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter, but played as a Korean child fighting like cute monsters like downtown. It and the game, by the way, this game that I'm describing that sounds very cartoonish and you would probably think is cel shaded or something, beautifully rendered in Unreal Engine Five. You see water and you think it looks like water. You see stones and you think they look like actual stones next to you. Like, the game is way better looking than it has any any reason to. When we were watching it, I literally said to James, I think Unreal 5 engine is too good. Everyone needs to calm down. Yeah. Like, that game looked way too good. Yeah. And I don't understand why. But check it out. Doke V, D-O-K-E, capital V, Doke V. Check out the trailer. At the very least, it'll make you smile. I promise yeah. it will because it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Tony, what do you think about Gamescom? I'm liking that more companies... Microsoft needs to learn this for the next one. Uh, more companies that don't need to show up that it could be an email yeah. means go ahead and produce the videos at home here and just release them at whatever time yeah. and have Jeff and everybody else like do the trailers at mm. the thing. Like it, Where it's going to evolve to is... I like it as a middle ground... After E3, like E3, we get the Western super mm-hmm. big America bombastic. Everybody's got to pull off their dumb shit. Yeah. Even if it's just trailer after trailer after trailer after trailer, which is what we want. Yeah, This allows us a little bit more time for the indie space, for the middle ground space, and then those bigger companies to spend more time working on or showing us the highlights of the big ideas that they want to show us. Mm-hmm. So whenever we get a bunch of these side things from big companies, I don't know. I, I like where it's moving towards and the idea that we get to experience Gamescom and E3 and everything now digitally for a couple of times now in a row shows that the international audience is there, that we want these things to keep going on and that yes, keep making them, but it's evolving and I like where it is evolving and it's, it's doing, it's doing a good job. Every game that's been shown off, it's it's been pretty fun. Yeah. Um, There hasn't been a huge letdown. I, I'm liking that. I don't know. I just had a good time. I'm just had, I'm yeah. done. I'm just had a good time. Okay. So I, I got a couple things to mention here. 
Uh, the first thing I want to mention is that if you watch any of the streams that are going on, whether it be IGN, GameSpot, any of the big companies that are doing coverage, um, you will may notice that there'll be little boxes in the upper right hand corner that say um, preview, um, advertisement, yeah, things like that. Their Gamescom has rules that if you like IGN shows up mm-hmm. and they get a guest in air quotes, uh-huh. if that is a paid sponsorship essentially oh they have to they have, they to, have to show it. that to the public good it has to be shown in that corner like, this is not an interview this is a commercial right it yeah. has to be shown in every single one of those and i love that about it mm-hmm. um my next story gets a little dark and weird um so the the pre-show day of day gamescom mm-hmm. right the the destiny microsoft one um we watched all of those things and then i drank that night and i was a little hung over the next day and I'm taking a shower and I'm laying in the shower and I had a little bit of this, like of an existential crisis. I don't like using that phrase, mm-hmm. but I'm laying there in the shower, hung over as fuck waiting for my like ADD meds to kick in. And I'm going, everything that I saw yesterday at Gamescom was terrible. Do I not like video games anymore? Oh yeah, no, I've had that thought before. Like I was sitting, sitting oh, there, I, definitely I was like literally games. sitting there going like, I use, I always get joy out of any video mm-hmm. game presentation. And I got no joy out of the Microsoft presentation. Mm-hmm. Like, is this the end for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do I just pack it up and like send the PS5 back and say, sorry. <laughs> I, guess, I guess this isn't a good I way guess, to spend I, my money. I guess I don't need this anymore. Mind <laughs> you, I've had a really rough l- the last couple of weeks, yeah. y'all. There's been a lot going on in my life I have not talked about on the air. So like, I, I, was, at a, I was at a rough point. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, magically, Gamescom happened. Yeah. And the magic of Jeff Keighley in love woke me up, brought me back to my feet, and I said, hallelujah, I do love video games. What we know, I mean, what, what, we've learned, what we've learned is that Jeff Keighley's love for video games is infectious. It is. And it is good for all of us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, but I get that Microsoft having, their, their presentation was weird and should not have existed, and I don't know who designed it that way. I, throwing bungees in there, that's just because they're not going to fly people out to Germany for well, it. Like, I, I, like, I wasn't counting bungees in that. It's just specifically like, it's like, I don't know. I'm definitely at a point in my life where I do not care about most video games. Sure. Yeah, that's not um, you've only ever, You only ever talk about one video game on oh, the no, show. Oh, no, you know. Yeah. It's, it, it comes out of poverty and before mm-hmm. I liked Halo. So, yeah. you know, they, they, they kind of got me on my, mm-hmm. I like the way these guns feel and I don't need to branch out of that. Mm-hmm. But... Overall, I'm a person who loves to love video games, though. I I like even the Um, stupidest shit. I love even the stupidest shit. Well, I love the stupid shit for being stupid shit because video games are so hard to make. Right. (laughs) I like the when it comes to what we saw at Gamescom, I like the indie space because it wasn't controlled by the giant fucking companies. That's what I was trying to say earlier. Mm -hmm. When it comes to Activision and Ubisoft and... The bad guys of the world. Everybody mm-hmm. else. Um, the Canadian one and yeah. whatever. All of those companies that I do not like the games that they, co- they create. Mm-hmm. I do not like the corporate cu- culture that they have. I do not like anything that they do. Mm-hmm. Whenever they're not around, I get to see really cool games like I just got to see a game. That's true. Yeah. That's very, very true. And that's the, what I like the most about this because mm-hmm. we I didn't feel... I was pushed over by the endless Activision Blizzard. You want to buy all of this right. stuff. Oh, yeah. They just like, weren't ugh. fucking there. No, no lie. And I'll tell you this, James, right now, and feel free to agree or disagree, but if it wasn't for the massive boom we had in the indie scene maybe like a decade ago, I probably wouldn't like video games today. Because they'd all be basically the same. They'd yeah. all look like Assassin's Creed. Yeah. They'd all be Call of Duty clones, which... Mm-hmm. 
we're finally getting away from a lot of that. Okay. In fact, we can actually make Call of Duty clones that are original Call of Duty clones. Actually, there was, was a really, bringing that there up. was a really, <laughs> there was a really cool one called Nine to Five they showed at Gamescom, mm-hmm. and it's a three v three v three v three multiplayer. Oh, that's right. And yeah. it, it's definitely like mm. Call of Duty, but like they just did that was it a Halo Three game. Yeah. They just did it. They just did it better. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss yeah. it because and, we're and, always and like. And we, by the way, watch the trailer for Nine to Five because it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I mean it's like Gladys level of like hilarity that they do with their thing. Love it. Um, if you take nothing else away, but yes, Jeff Keighley healed my soul, mm. and I loved video games again, and I got out of my <laughs> funk, guys. I'm okay. Just it's been a really rough couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel revitalized and, and everything's great again. Um, that being said, if you take nothing away from my review or of Gamescom in general, it's that when it comes to, you know, Fraxis doing a Marvel game, that shit is my shit. Yeah. And that's everything that we have for the show this week. Um, yeah, it's been a crazy Gamescom. If you want to mm-hmm. talk to us about any things that we've, we've talked about, I uh, want to message us about anything. Tony, where can they find us? Uh, that's info at goodnight.gg is the email address, which goodnight.gg redirects you over to our Patreon page, which you can uh, just join up. Also, that's where I post the episodes of the show and stuff. Uh, we're on Anchor, everything else. Give us a rating review. Um, we're at GNGGCast on uh, Twitter and everything else. So Facebook and stuff. Just talk to me. I'm on Twitter all the time. Yep. That I control the Twitters just so I can talk to people. It's fun. Yeah, Twitter's a horrible place. Please join me in my misery. Twitter should have never been invented. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's everything that we have for the show this week. Thank you for sticking around for our special Gamescom episode. We'll be back to business as usual next week. But until then, for Tony, this is James. For James, this is Tony. And I'm Hector. Everyone, good night. And good game.